0: Hello to all podcast 1.0 listeners, I'm Namrata, and I welcome you all to the foundation series on chatbots, episode content powered by WatchSource, a contextual content solution provider for green businesses in science and art fields loading the art episode of Podcast 1.0 with Ari Zelnik and Kevin Scott, creators of Emoji Salad, an SMS-based chatbot game which allows friends to play Pictionary-style game using emojis. And they also organized the booths of Brooklyn Meetup and were recently featured at the first annual EmojiCon in San Francisco. Hello, Ari. Hi, Kevin.
1: Hey there. How's it going? Hello, hello.
0: Welcome to Podcast 1.0. Ari and Kevin, while working on Imagine Salad, realized the future of user experience for chat-based interfaces is personality design. So Ari and Kevin, what is a chatbot to you? And how do you see the user experience and the design part of chatbot evolving as the chats move to deep conversations with the bot having a design personality
2: of its own.
1: Do you want to take this, Kevin? Or at least take the first part, and I'll talk a little about UX.
2: Uh, yeah, sure. Just taking a step back for a second. When we were um, coming up with the idea of Emoji Salad, I think about a year ago, um, chatbots weren't even really on our radar. Uh, the sort of motivating question for us was how do we, the very first question that we asked was actually how do we build this without an app, without the Chrome around it? Can we make an experience that's compelling without building uh, an app or or a website? Um, And so our initial forays into that uh, were were over SMS. So we sort of stumbled into the world of chatbots almost by accident. For us, I think it's really been a learning experience sort of from first principles in terms of we didn't really come to the table with a ton of baggage around what a chatbot could be or not because it was never our goal to set out to build a chatbot. We were simply trying to sort of facilitate you know, our goals with the game that we were building. Um, as a result of that, we sort of uh, figured out a lot of these best practices that worked really well for our game and then we realized are great principles sort of across the board, which uh, we can get into in a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, I I think, Kevin, like what what you just said is is spot on. I think that we started off in a a place where we didn't really know what we were getting to, or what what we were getting ourselves into rather. And we really came to this place where we started to uncover and sort of peel away and strip away what an experience is when you don't have a, what you would traditionally think of as a user interface. So I think, you know, you sort of asked or touched on uh, the question of, you know, what is the future of user experience when it comes to chatbots? And and what it really comes down to is personality, like you said, creating a personality that matches the expectation of the user. And it's also sort of around thinking of how a user is going to react in different contexts and be able to design against uh, that understanding um, and allow them to basically have a natural conversation with the chatbot which would be the same as chatting with anybody else whether it's a customer service representative or the host of a game in our our case um, or anything else really you need to understand context in order to build a great user experience for chatbots
0: so uh, how is emoji Sala doing and how that can be of service to an artistic endeavor in future
1: the answer Mm -hmm. to that is that we we basically had our sort of Unofficial launch last weekend at EmojiCon in San Francisco, like you mentioned at the beginning of the program, um, and we got some great reactions out of that particular experience. We had the opportunity to present in front of uh, the attendees of EmojiCon, and we got a couple of questions after the event, and we got a couple of people signing up uh, for uh, the product, which is always good. So, you know, the, the second part of that is okay. So, where, where do we go from there? We have some, we have a little bit of traction. We have people that are interested in in it, and I think really. What we're trying to focus on now is sort of that end-to-end experience from somebody that's interested in the product to signing up for it uh, to experiencing and evolving, this might sound like kind of silly, but evolving their relationship uh, with Emojibot, uh, which is what we call the host of Emojisalad. Um, what we see as in- interesting is, is the relationship that somebody can build or tries to build uh, with the, the bot, in this case Emojibot, and how that relationship changes over time. Uh, Kevin, do you have anything else to add to that?
2: Yeah, another thing that we work with uh, that I that I ha- don't see a ton with other bots is that um, our bot is sort of an active participant in a group messaging thread. Um, so it's it sort of starts off uh, when you onboard on the app, you have this one to one relationship with a bot that then evolves into inviting the bot into your friend circle and and being an active participant in the game. Um, and so, uh, we we ran into, you know, we really iterated on what sort of personality went with that, um, which we can also get into later on. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that was really key for us to making it a compelling experience. The last thing I'll say on that is, um, we gave the bot more uh, reminders whenever the game would sort of go dormant. Um, and so so we would run into these situations sometimes where um, uh, somebody it would be on somebody to perform some action and the rest of the group would be waiting for them. Um, we just assumed at first that that would be obvious and that no one would sort of drop the ball, which turned out immediately to not be the case. Um, right. But as soon as we pushed that responsibility onto the bot, um, you know, we saw a huge uptick in engagement and people were no longer just going dormant. Um, and So that was really fascinating to see.
0: Ooh. People, after knowing that there's a chatbot inside the friend circle, they become more active.
2: I would say it's more that, um, you know, everyone is busy, everyone lives busy lives and the nature of our game is very asynchronous. Um, and so we would get into these situations where people would forget that they were, it was their turn mm-hmm. um, mm. and they would just walk away and then they would leave the rest of their friends hanging so just by um, being able to send them a text message you know an hour later or a day later or a week later um, you know and, and then also being able to iterate on what that messaging looked like um, was really powerful for us in terms of engagement
0: okay what other aspects you need to focus on uh, when designing this kind of game which has human-to-human interaction and human-to-bot interaction?
1: That's a great question. Um, And so we we were actually thinking about that pretty early on in the initial design of Emoji Salad. And one of the things that we did uh, which helped us out a lot early on was before we even wrote a single line of code uh, or anything like that, before we drew out any specific workflows, What we actually ended up doing was just creating a group text message chat with some of our friends and us, obviously. And basically what we did was we took turns playing the role of Emojibot, the thing that the bot that we eventually wanted to build. And what that allowed us to do was basically like, let's say I was was Emojibot, I would be playing the role and facilitating the game. So I'd be keeping track of score. I'd be responding back to people when they asked me a specific question. I'd be involved in the conversation as needed. And what that allowed us to do is to understand a couple of things about context when it comes to picking up on certain, the, certain phrases and the way that people sort of phrase guesses. And so what, one of the things that we identified was, for example, that really the game is a combination of a conversation between friends just chatting. Mm-hmm. uh with this sort of structure built around it of having this ongoing game happening so i think in terms of like you know the the insights that came from from doing that i think we really identified some key areas of context and really that's at the core of uh to, to our to our minds what we really needed to do to make this game successful is to understand the context that people would be in, When they're doing certain things in the game so for example if they're sending out emojis for other people to guess um, there's a certain context around that that we needed to pick up on Uh, if somebody's guessing a clue or or asking for a clue or guessing you know the answer to a particular phrase uh, we need to understand the context around that and sort of the biggest thing was figuring out what the reactions would look like from emoji bot, you know whether it would be an extremely excited reaction, whether it would be a sort of sarcastic reaction. So going back to the whole thing around personality, we tried to match the personality and the reactions to the context of the user. I remember
2: yeah. that um, coming up a lot, where it's like, of course the bot should ask this or say this, um, mm-hmm. but we didn't think of that until we were actually playing the game um, with the fa- you know, with you as the bot or Michelle as the bot or something like that.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, uh, when you see a bot doing a lot of role, becoming a hero in the conversations among friends, you see uh, the delicate connection or the emotional connection between friends getting diluting.
1: Basically, are you saying, does does the relationship between people playing the game change yeah. uh, because they're playing the game itself? Yeah. You know, it's re- it's really funny. So I have a game going on with my family and the game, to a certain extent, brought out some of the worst in our family, where we would really start to make fun of each other and tease each other for doing a bad or a good job in the game so i think it's still it's still my family having a conversation like we have a text thread that we've had in years that we sort of uh interact with with each other on anyway uh but this game added a new layer to our conversation where we were sort of had we had this more focused approach to our conversation um whether whether good or bad and we were able to sort of all talk about this one topic which is the game. So we had this shared experience, which was cool.
0: Uh, So uh, what insights have you drawn right now and uh, how the art world can benefit from this uh, research or this understanding that you are getting through observing and developing a board that interacts with humans?
2: So I would say one very specific thing that we noticed very quickly was how much of an effect the personality of the bot can have on a conversation so right. the first iteration of our bot was a real asshole <laughs> um, uh, whenever you would get something wrong he would uh, berate you I'm using he or it might be she I don't know but you know the bot was it would it would make fun of you when you got something wrong and it would it was just really mean and um, the reason was because we came up with all the we needed all these messages and we came up with them uh, late one night. We weren't really spending a ton of time thinking about it, but it ruined the game. I mean, it, it really, it made it so um, un- not fun to play. For me, it was like, it really struck me how much of a role um, something like that plays in in, how you feel about the experience. Okay, yeah.
0: so I see the bots are evolving, so what do you think? When is the right time to get them full-fledgedly into the art world or, or say, entertainment world?
2: So, I mean, I, I feel like we are, you know, we are in the infancy of, of this. As a developer, one of the huge limitations that I see in the bot space is um, just not great uh, NLP support yet, um, and so, you know, a lot of the most effective bots um, are very prescriptive with with what the options are that they give the user. You know, I think w- when that changes, I think you're you're going to see an explosion of of opportunities to apply this in art. That all being said, I still think there's there's tons of opportunities. Like our game is a perfect example. Um, you know, we could have built an app, we could have built a website. Um, we chose to build a bot that had no, that just sort of lived in the ether um, and it's perfect. You know, it doesn't need that chrome, it doesn't need that overhead of design that would, I think in a lot of ways make the experience worse. Um, I agree.
1: You know, or at least more generic, right? So I right, think there yeah. is some, some yeah. art in the choices that we made to actually make it a bot itself Right. And sort of push the boundaries of, of what we can consider an experience both through technology but also just through sort of having an artistic lens on what this thing could be.
2: I think it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's, it's like the difference between watching a movie and reading a book.
0: So tell me, who should contact you after listening to this interesting episode?
1: Uh, anybody can contact us about anything. Uh, one of the things that we really pride ourselves on is is being open and honest, and and we're interested in talking to people about anything that they're interested in talking to us about. So if they if they care about bots, reach out to us. If you care about art, reach out to us. If there's anything interesting that came out of this conversation, like that's the kind of stuff that okay. we're we're interested in. I mean, so so we run we run like a meetup. Here in New York and Brooklyn, and you know we, we love to sort of explore.
0: Great. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Thanks a lot, Ari, for such an interesting chat. I will give an emoji of smile smile there. And thanks <laughs> Thank to you. all the listeners and the bot community members that have supported. I'll meet you next on another episode. Bye-bye.